Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Athletics Baseball podcast with your host, Taylor. This is episode 19, 20 if you count the intro, but I don't. And today we're going to be talking about the rule changes that are taking effect this season and some of the rule changes that have gone into effect in recent years and how it all impacts the sport as a whole, as well as how these new changes will impact the A's. And these new ones will definitely impact the A's a lot. Definitely this season, and probably for a couple of seasons. And not just the A's. It'll actually impact pretty much the whole league, and some teams will potentially be impacted positively and others more negatively. And we're going to talk about that with the A's and also just what it means for the sport as a whole. Now, before we get into any of that stuff, first I'd like to remind you all to give us a like, a follow, a subscribe wherever you listen to these podcasts, and tell your friends and family about this podcast if you enjoy it. Help to get the word out to other A's fans. Check out, if you haven't yet, our Instagram, athletics underscore baseball underscore podcast on Instagram, and also the Twitter, which, again, I am not hyperactive on Twitter. It's not really my thing, typically, but I do use it occasionally, and I will be trying to use it more when the season is going. That is athletics underscore pod. P-O-D. You can also reach me at athleticsbaseballpodcast at gmail.com. And finally, don't forget to send an email over to the mayor of Oakland, Mayor Tao, and just let her know politely that it's really important for the A's to stay in Oakland to you and that you would really appreciate it if she could do whatever is in her power to try and keep the A's in Oakland. The next three to six months for the ballpark stuff is is probably the crucial time period. Because we need a deal by the end of the season, or no, not the end of the season, the end of the year, a a couple months past the end of the season, by the end of December... A deal has to be signed, and it's going to happen one way or the other. It's It'd be great if that deal could be signed to stay in Oakland. That email for her is officeofthemayor at oaklandca.gov. Send her an email. Tell your friends and family to send her an email. Now, why don't we move on to the... Okay. Nope, before we move on to the rule change stuff, quick, quick ballpark update. These, you're you're getting constantly these articles coming out that are usually negative about the A's ballpark stuff, and of course you type in Oakland A's and you get easy-to-find articles that are a headline like this one for the Las Vegas Review-Journal 
or the, the review journal, reviewjournal.com. Um, a is focusing on Las Vegas for new ballpark, MLB commissioner says. So Rob Manfred is saying more stuff about how it basically lines, he's saying lines that in isolation sound like the A's are already leaving. And it's not until you dig into it that you find out that that's not really what he's saying, and that's not the situation. Just so no one freaks out or gives up or anything, the reality of the situation is that the A's are pursuing both paths at some level at this point. And the A's started pursuing the Oakland path first by several years, and the city of Oakland moves at a snail's pace with something like this, as I'm sure many of you know. And so it's taken years to get us to this point where it feels where we haven't really gone very far, but we actually have, and we are much, much further ahead than the Las Vegas ballpark situation. In Oakland, you have the blueprint for the place, the location already picked, the council is on board with stipulations, and those stipulations are the, some sticking points that are needing to be negotiated, and they have already given various approvals and acquired over $300 million of public money from federal and state grants to help pay for various costs associated. And in Las Vegas, they have narrowed it down to two sites, and they have not even picked one of them yet. So they, they haven't had extensive meetings with the Las Vegas City Council and all of that. They're just starting to have meetings. That's, you know, the whole thing, once it gets going in Vegas, it will be a lot quicker because, like I said, Oakland, snail's pace, horrible. Get it together, guys. But for now, the city of Oakland does have a head start. So if Vegas gets serious, they'll catch up real quick by the end of the year for sure. You know, by, by the end of the year... It's going to be one or the other. And Oakland has already been three years on this track, so it'll take four years in total. It'll take Las Vegas like one year to get to that same point. But either way, whatever path the A's end up taking, they're going to arrive at the same point in one year, which is an official deal signing with one city or the other, and that's what that is. So, why don't we get into the rules now, finally? The rule changes that have been announced. For starters, they announced that they're making the Manfred Ghost Runner on second in extra innings permanent. I'll tell you right now that I am not a fan, and neither is anyone else that I know. It's I don't I don't know why they're doing it. That they say, oh, it it cuts down on injuries or something because games go faster, players play less innings. I don't buy it. 
I don't buy it at all because it's just as easy for both teams to hit two sack flies and bring the guy in from second. And we saw that in 2021 with the A's. They had a ton of extra inning games that still went the you know into 13, 14 innings because the A's would score one run, the other team would score one run, back and forth, back and forth, because the one run is easy. You know, in a in a normal extra innings game with no runner on second or anything like that, if you hit a home run, you have a huge chance or a double and a, a good single to drive them in from second. You got a huge chance to win that game now because the other team doesn't have anyone on base. You know, it's not like one run is guaranteed. And it's just, it seems silly and pointless. And just changing the rules for not really much. Then you've got the slightly larger bases. Yeah, if you haven't heard about this, they're they're increasing the size of the bases, first, second, and third base. And it's basically going from 18 inches on each four sides, 18 inches across, 18 inches, 18 inches across, instead of 15 inches, so three extra inches. And because of the way that the bases are going to be set up, which is the same way that they are now, only the bases are bigger, right? The first and third base are the edge of the base is on the foul line. And then the middle of them intersects with second base, like through through a line, if you draw a line, like 90 degrees from first base and 90 degrees from third base, they intersect at second base, like normal, the normal diamond, but basically it means that going from first to second is four and a half inches less of distance, and second to third is four and a half inches less distance. Third to home and first to home is three inches less distance than in the past. So the outward, there are two outward reasons that the MLB has stated for these base size changes. One is that it's supposed to reduce injury. And, okay, I can I can see this kind of more space on the bag. It's less cramped. You know, one guy's got their big honking foot on there, you know, size 14 or whatever, some large first baseman, right? And then the other guy has to put his foot on there, too on first base to run through it and sliding into second it can be kind of a a blur with one guy trying to get his foot on the bag and the other guy sliding in with his hands sometimes you know someone gets their hand stepped on and stuff like that I could see maybe it would be slightly less likely to happen with the bigger bases the other reason is because it will encourage more steals. They said there were more base stealing attempts in the minors and more successful 
stolen bases as well in last season, which is when they tested these out in the minors, and also why a lot of players had some, presumably, you know, could this and other rules could be the reason why a lot of guys had some great steal numbers in the minor leagues, like Asturi Ruiz with 85. It, but it's not just the bases, it's some of these other rules working together to basically encourage stealing bases. Now, of all the rules that have changed, the base size one is one that I can live with. I can deal with it. It's it makes sense the less less injuries and you know, stolen bases are fun, but it does seem like it kind of unbalances the game. Like it's the game is very balanced and always has been. It hasn't changed very much since, you know, in in the beginning there were rule changes left and right until eventually it reached a sort of equilibrium that everybody sort of just quietly agreed was the best spot to just leave it in. And it's stayed that way, relatively unchanged, for quite a while at this point. So I'm still not a huge fan of making this change because it does throw the the balance out of whack a little bit, I think. If you can imagine, just with this one change alone, Ricky Henderson stealing bases, it would have been a nightmare for opposing teams. Because he he would have just had way more of a higher success rate. There's so many stolen bases are bang-bang plays, as they call them, right? Where it's so close, whether the guy gets tagged out or gets his hand on the base safely, that in the past, it, in the past it was more just like a quick call and you just had to totally rely on the ump, and now we can see it in slow-mo as the guy's coming into the base and even slowed down, way, way down. It's still so close that in high def, slow motion, on a big screen TV, you can barely tell sometimes. You give the guy four extra inches and a more clear path to the base because the base is larger, easier to find a spot with your hands sometimes. And guys like Ricky Henderson are just taking bases totally free to a level that we probably cannot actually comprehend because that's what he was already doing. You give Ricky four and a half extra inches between first and second, that's that's all it takes. And then we're going to get into these other rules and how that how that's going to affect the steals. But that's that's the one of the major ones here is the base size changes. And then you've got the oh the pitch timer, the batter's timer. This is all like one one rule, one like big lump of rules altogether. The pitch timer, the batting timer, and 
also the pitch throw the the pitcher throwing to first count basically you you can't throw to first to to keep a base runner in check three times you can only do it twice you can you can do it a third time but if you don't get him out then he gets a free base to second okay so the pitcher has a different amount of time in between pitches depending on whether there's no one on base someone on first someone on second someone on third and basically with nobody on base you got 15 seconds in between pitches in order i think it's just to get set so he has to like get set and then start his pitching motion within that 15 seconds and it's going to really mess up some pitchers this year i think just change change their groove basically uh what they've been used to their whole professional career so that'll be really interesting just how it impacts different pitchers around the league. They also put in a timer so after after a pitch, the batter has to be back in the box within 8 seconds of the pitch. And that one makes a little bit more sense than some of these other ones to me because sometimes the batters in between pitches are, you know, it's kind of like they're just taking a stroll around the the foul line, the baseline there, you know, just why is this guy 20 feet away from home plate messing with his gloves, you know, on a, on a you know, one-and-one one count? I, I don't know. So, there, but there's that, and then there's the pitch count, or the, the pitch clock, and then there's the throwing to, uh, throwing to first, you know, a pickoff, where, you know, guys take a leadoff, and if they take too big a one, you you throw a pickoff, and then it basically tells the the base runner, hey, I gotta I gotta stay back a little bit because he is keeping an eye on me. And with only three, you know, three tries, and you're walked to second, basically, they would call it a balk. And, but, but it's, it's a, it's a walk balk, it's a balk walk, some, something like that, because you're, you're walking the guy on like a three, like a three pickoff count. It's really weird. It's really weird to think about for me. And I don't like it because it is going to be really easy to abuse for base stealing again you know it's it's making base stealing so overpowered which base stealing is really fun but it's supposed to be hard you know this this is making it easy because you've got a four and a half inch shorter distance between the bases you've you've got a pitch clock of only 15 seconds making it much easier for the base runner to time his steal attempt because if the the pitcher he's going to start his wind up there within that time frame it's a free ball to the batter if he misses 
starting his windup in time. And, you know, you're, you're just going to be able to have a really easy timing for getting the jump on the pitcher. And then if the pitcher throws two pickoff attempts at you when you're on first, then you get to take an extra couple of feet on your leadoff because as the base runner because you know that the that pitcher is going to be a lot more hesitant to throw that third pickoff because guys can get back from pretty far out, you know, and and if you get back then you get second for free. So the pitcher is just going to be a lot more hesitant to throw that third pickoff attempt and and probably any pickoff attempt is a lot more hesitant giving guys just bigger leadoffs and you give you give a base runner like Ricky an extra leadoff a a pitch countdown to know when he can time his run very easily know when he can time his run and then less of a distance between the bases and it's just a perfect storm of of the easiest base stealing you've ever seen. And we're going to enter a whole new era of the way the game is played. I've I've been sitting on these rule changes. I've known about them in detail for quite a while now. Months and months, uh, if not longer. And I have just held off on making this episode because it is a really impactful change that they're making. And I'm not a huge fan of that because the the game as we know it will change and the stats that we know of that are impressive will be different. With these rule changes, it is possible that someone breaks Ricky's steel records at some point, which is without these rule changes it's impossible no one is ever going to break those except now you've just made it immeasurably easier to steal a base and I don't like when rule changes like this happen because it just makes it really unfair when you look back at the old records and try and compare different eras. I do not like when they expanded the games, which was obviously quite some time ago now, and I I was not around for the shorter season, 1961, I think, which is well before my time, but longer season changes the records you know it's yeah we we have ways to normalize these stats we can normalize to a 162 game season and say you know extrapolate these stats for more games or for less games or or whatever but i don't i don't like when things change like that for no good reason and like i said i think that baseball has really sort of reached a great balancing point of how the game 
it can coexist within itself. The hits, home runs, steals, pitching, you know, these changes are also going to impact the pitchers a lot. And on that note, what will impact the pitchers hugely, as well as the whole whole the way the game is played in a huge way, and the the stats for pitchers are going to get a lot worse with one big change that I haven't mentioned yet, which is the banning of the shift, which I do not like this because they're banning it because it was effective at it, it was because it was a good defense. It's like it's like saying that in basketball that you can't guard someone within an arm's length. You have to stand an arm's length away because if you get within the arm's length, then you're going to be too good of a defender. And it's just not fair to the guy with the ball. And that's, it's like, reward good defense. This is not rewarding good defense. It's, it's, and it's not rewarding good strategy. It's taking away the ability to use good strategy and purposefully creating defensive holes all over the field just so that we can get more hits for entertainment factor. You know, artificially changing the game into what you think it should be or what you want it to be or what you think will be more popular, that's just one person's idea or one group of people's idea of what is better or more popular or whatever. You know, there are people who like pitching, who like to watch good defense, things like that. Not everyone just wants to see home runs or any any one other particular thing of the game. There's There's something in baseball for everybody, and people appreciate different aspects of it that some other people don't appreciate. So what they're doing with the shift band specifically is the the infield you have to have two two players on the left field side of second base and two players on the right field side of second base and they can't be in the outfield at all they have to have both feet on the dirt of the infield and that is defined specifically within a range of distances from home plate so that teams can't, you know, do something funky and just, you know, put dirt all the way into the outfield or something something like that. And it basically means you can't drop your shortstop back to cover, you know, the, the bloop little soft fly ball that sort of ends up in, in like, really short outfield, you know, that... You can't defend that anymore. You just have to let that become a hit because if you were to catch it and get the guy out, then that would be mean to the other team. 
and the other team's players would not like being out, so we have to let them not be out. They get to be safe because we decided that that's the case. You're not allowed to catch that ball. You see why I think this is so dumb? Why why can't you just, you know, see that there's a huge defensive hole in a certain spot and then put someone there to catch it? <sighs> oh, it creates more hits. Well, guess what? <laughs> They're making the pitching clock to reduce the time of the game, and they're keeping the stupid Manfred Ghost Runner on second in extras to reduce the length of the game. You know what reduces the length of the game? Getting outs, good pitching, good defense, getting hits, and and stolen bases and, and more offense just increases the length of the game. If that's what you care about, making the game shorter, then why are you also doing things to make it take longer? If you have games go 18 to 15, you're wrapping the batting order in the third inning. The, you know, you're going through the whole batting order in one inning. You're, you're just, like, batting through the whole bullpen, you know, which, talk about the poor arms of these bullpen pitchers this this coming year with increased offense because of bad defense because of no shift you're going to have guys you're going to if you have games that are going 18 to 15 10 to 10 to 9 things like that all that extra offense means you're running through the bullpen more and on top of that, a couple years ago, they, they changed some other rules where they decreased the roster size so that you can't have extra bullpen guys because they thought it was taking too long for the game when you had to change pitchers. So you can't have those extra bullpen arms. But now we're making more offense which is going to burn through more bullpen arms, but we have less bullpen arms than we had a couple years ago. So you're going to put more work onto less arms. I don't like that. It's a lot of weird, conflicting stuff. And another thing, too, is you want to make the game shorter. The NFL takes about three hours. The average NFL game takes... Uh, three hours and 12 minutes is what I found. And that's average, so that means that some games are taking a lot longer, as I'm sure anyone who watches football can attest to. By the way, shout out to the uh, Super Bowl and the refs winning the game for the Chiefs and stealing a close game away from all of the spectators. That's That's a great one. But moving on from that, we have to be the MLB has to be more popular, even though we had more views in our World Series this last season than the NBA Finals, the NBA Championship. So tell me about how we're a dying sport and the NBA is, you know, the future of sports and the NFL is the present. And if, if the NFL is so popular, 
but it takes three hours and 12 minutes for the average game, then why is it that baseball has to get short? And that's going to make it really popular, because it doesn't seem like a three-hour game is hurting football. So why is it only hurting baseball? I don't think it is. The simple thing here is people who don't like baseball are not going to watch it if it's a shorter game. If it's two hours of baseball instead of three hours, you're trying to pander to people who don't like baseball, they're still not going to watch it. If you if you tell someone, hey, there's well, there's less baseball, someone who doesn't watch baseball is going to go, whatever, I don't care, I don't watch baseball. Someone who does watch baseball, like me, this is how I feel, when you tell me, oh, hey, there's going to be less baseball for each game, I don't like that. That makes me mad because I like baseball and I want there to be more of it. I want to watch more baseball, especially my team. I don't want to switch and watch the Yankees and the Astros. I want to watch the A's. And I want to watch them for three hours. I don't want to watch them for two hours. And I don't want to watch some stupid runner on second. I want to watch baseball the way that it should be played. And... You know, if if I go to a game and it only takes two hours and then they and then they stop serving beer in the seventh inning too, you know, that's you're gonna get there and watch the game and an hour and an hour and a half in it's gonna be almost over and you've had time to get like one or two beers and they stop serving and then the game's just over and you're I feel like I would be ripped off of a game I saw half of a baseball game I went and spent like a hundred dollars or however much the tickets were for me and my wife and then you go and it's it's over in two hours no I don't like that I want a day at the ballpark not an hour at the ballpark I'm not going to get lunch at the ballpark and then go back to work. I just... I want to sit there and watch a game of baseball that takes an afternoon. You know, nothing stops you from leaving earlier if you... if you have somewhere to be or if you just don't have any sort of attention span. Nobody says if you turn the baseball game on in the first inning, you have to sit there until the end of the ninth inning. But I I don't know. If you if you don't like baseball enough to watch three hours of baseball, maybe you should just be a more casual fan and check the scores online and go to two or two games a year and, you know, just hang out with your friends or, or something. You know, if you're if you don't want to spend a day in the ballpark, if you don't want to sit there and watch the game for three hours, then maybe you just don't like baseball that much. I don't I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. It is it it blows my mind that baseball fans think that it's okay to change the sport to cater to people who don't like the sport and will not watch it no matter what you change. The way to grow the sport is not to get 
somebody who doesn't know or care about baseball to just randomly start watching because it's shorter that's not going to happen you have to you have to foster the youth you have to you have to encourage i think mlb wide by the mlb organization for all the teams everywhere youth days you know kids kids go to the ballpark for free kids go half off um, free hot dogs for kids, whatever, you know, something to help draw people, like make it easier for parents to take their kids because that bond with the sport and with your favorite team is developed when you're younger and you're growing up. If you never watched a sport until you're 20 years old, it's going to be harder to get into it and you probably won't be as big of a fan. Uh, for years, I've said... I think I would like watching hockey. I I would probably want to check that out. I am interested in it. I want to learn more about it. And I could see myself being a hockey fan. And I've never never done it because I didn't watch hockey growing up and my friends didn't watch hockey growing up and my parents didn't take me to a hockey game or anything like that. So I just don't know anything about it, and it's harder to make that step once you're an adult and you already have established sports that you like and and things that you are used to doing. So going after adults who don't watch baseball is just about the stupidest thing you can do because they're going to continue not watching baseball. I don't know what else to say about that. Well... (laughs) There's a lot of ranting. I'm going to stop the ranting, and I'm going to say that although I hate basically all of these rule changes except the bigger bases, if that was the only rule change, then I would say maybe it's not going to throw things out of whack too much. Maybe it's not totally stupid. But alas, every other thing is also changing. But... Let's talk about how this is all going to impact the A's, because it's actually going to impact the A's very, very positively. The A's, from what they have been doing this offseason, if you have not been paying attention, they signed like five or six free agents, they signed like 15 minor league guys or, or something. I don't have the numbers in front of me, I'm just, this is ballpark estimates. They tr- They made several trades, which you may love or hate or come to love or come to hate, I don't know, but they made a lot of moves, which is fun and exciting. And if you have been reading the fine print on these moves, the subscript, you'll see that the A's have been getting a lot of players who are fast, a lot of players who can steal a base And it's very, very, very clear to me that the A's have been going into this offseason with a game plan of trying to find the new market inefficiency, trying to find the new money ball. The A's are going to try and change the game of baseball forever. These rules are the setting that will allow the A's to make 
game plan changes that could once again change baseball forever because we could see a an on-base and stealing a contact and stealing sort of a game style that to this extent probably has it has never been the case I, I think it's going to be more it's going to be more the the game style than it ever has been before the hit and run the the bunt and run just more holes to knock ground balls through probably less double plays more stolen bases it's going to be a lot easier to go second to third too which means that you could be setting up for really easy RBIs. It, it could be a lot harder to get double plays because guys will be stealing off of first. You know, it's it's really... If the A's are successful with introducing a new, very, very heavily stolen base style of gameplay, then I think it will change the landscape of baseball for the next 20 years. Maybe more. We'll have to see how many more rules Manfred tries to change. But if it, if they pull it off, then it will be not only a really fun season, but it could be a better season than any of us are prepared for. So keep that in mind and have a fun time watching these games and and watching this team with players that you may not know even though they're a lot of them are major leaguers from other teams players that you may still not know very well and minor leaguers coming into their own who you don't know but they are they seem very capable and they seem to have a lot of potential. It should be a good one to be an A's fan. It should be fun. And you never know. We could be pulling another Moneyball season. We could be the underdog, the wild card, the the exciting team, the little team that could, that nobody saw coming. And... You never know. That would be a really fun year. So keep your keep your heads up, guys. Keep your chins up. And uh, don't let people trash talk the A's down to you and just say, oh, they're going to be horrible. Worse season than last year. It's not true. We're going to be fine. And we're going to be fine, and we're not even supposed to be good yet. We will be a lot better than last year, and next year we will be a lot better than this year. So keep that in mind, and have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend. I'll see you guys on Monday. Thanks for tuning in again and listening to the Athletics Baseball Podcast. I will see you guys next time.